If you want to contact me, or if you want me to read something, or even if you just have any questions about myself or the book, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. I wasn't originally going to do an episode today, but a fan emailed me and asked me if she could get a shout out and asked me to do an episode today. So here we are. Chapter 9, Wings of Fire, The Brightest Night, Part 2, Burn Stronghold. The outer walls of palace of the palace were dripping with blood. Sunny had reached had read the scrolls about the Samwing stronghold, and she'd seen it from afar, but nothing could have prepared her for the smell of decapitated dragon heads that studded the top of the wall, or the gruesome stains on the stone below them. They were still more than a mile away when the horrible rotting smell first reached her, making her choke and nearly driving her out of the sky. Adex caught at her as she faltered toward the sand. Shallow shallow breath, he advised. You get used to it. Do you? Really? Sunny asked. He shrugged, which as far as she could tell meant no. Ostrich had been released during the night, shooting one last terrified look at Sunny before bolting back toward the distant fires of the scorpion den. Sunny thought that Adex had deliberately freed the dragonet while the den was still visible behind them. Optimistically, she thought perhaps he was concerned for Ostrich's safety. It seemed kind not to make her find her. It seemed kind. It seemed kind not to make her find her way in total darkness. She could almost hear her friends laughing at her in her head. That's right, Sunny. Your captain after is a real sweetheart. He's handing handling. He's handing you over to burn out of the goodness of his heart. But if he was doing it for his family. For someone he cared about. Sunny glanced over at the scarred dragon and thought, There's more to his story. There's always more to everyone's stories, if you bother to find out what it is. The sun had cleared the mountains when they came to the sentries. A pair of sand wings carrying long spears. Relentless heat beat down from the clouds, making the smell much worse. Sunny's wings ached from flying so long without stopping. She could see the brownish-yellow walls of the stronghold up ahead, stained and crusted with the dark red-black gore that dripped from the grisly decorations. It was a vast place, far larger than she realized when she seen it from a distance. The ramparts seemed to stretch across the horizon, and Sunny guessed that two or three scorpion dens could fit inside, or about a thousand of the caves she grew up in. Hold it said one of the sentries, swinging the spear toward them. He squinted. Edux? Ho, th- ho there, said Alex. He waved a claw and then dra- and the dragons behind him all paused, beating the air and craning to see past him. Picked up some friends somewhere, I see, said the sentry, half-joking. Are you invading, or what's all this? Brought a present for the queen, said Alex. He flicked his tail at Sunny and she hissed at him. Recognize this one? Both sentries drew in a quick breath. From the party in the Sky Kingdom, said one of them, Scarlet was going to give her to burn? That's where I've seen Adax before, Sunny realized, bowing and scraping behind burn as she examined me like a deformed gemstone before he got his scar. And no, it fell into her, and I'm giving her to the queen. The sentry looked skeptically at their entourage. 
and you need seven dragons to transport this midget creature safely. I'm terrifying when you get to know me, Sunny volunteered. She heard a couple of dragons behind her chuckle, but Attic shot them a stern look, and they subsided. Wait, said the other sentry. That doesn't that mean she's? I mean, she's one of the. Yes, Attic said. Stop delaying and let us through, all right? The sentries flapped aside, both of them examining Sunny intently as she and her escort flew past them. In all of Sunny's fantasies about fulfilling the prophecy and fa- saving Pyria, she never imagined they'd be quite so much staring. And she certainly hadn't counted on getting locked up as often as she already had been. As they swooped towards, down toward the thick, forbidding walls of the burned stronghold, Sunny thought with a shudder that this might be the worst prison so far. Scarlet's palace had had gladier fights, but at least she hadn't kept the dismembered parts of her enemies on display. And it isn't exactly easy to cut off a dragon's head, Sunny remembered surfacing, even if it's already dead. They had been reading in the the study cave. He rolled out the scroll and tapped the drawing on the stronghold. You have to be pretty brutal to get through the skills and everything else. Sunny Sunny also remembered the outer walls had been added by Byrne after Queen Oasis died. It looks solid and thick and imposing, but useless for keeping out dragons who can fly. The only creatures they'd really keep out for certain are scavengers. Scavenger who had, who, the scavengers that had killed Byrne's mother, after all. Is Byrne afraid of them? From what Sunny, seen, Sunny had seen of her, it was hard to imagine that Byrne was afraid of anything. Alex led the way as they spiraled down onto the hot white stones of an enormous courtyard that encircled the old palace. The long squat buildings had been constructed along the inner walls <clears throat> in their side of the walls. They appeared to be extra bar- barracks for the soldiers. Small gatherings of armed salmons were visible in each direction, either cleaning weapons, sparring, or sleeping. In the center of the courtyard, opposite the palace, entrance stood an an odd kind of monument, a dark black obelisk, surrounded by a circle of sand wider than a large dragon's wingspan. Words were carved into the side with the letters all painted in gold, but Sunny couldn't read them from where she was. The old palace within the walls was a lot more elegant than the parts Burn had added. There were slender towers and windows as tall as dragons, and high pavilion landings, and platforms topped with dumbs and spires. Shapes were carved all over the stone, lizards and desert birds and suns, mostly as far as Sunny could see at first glance. It made the palace look for a moment as if it was crawling with or shimmering with heat, an unsettling illusion of motion probably intended to make the visitors uncomfortable. The doors were open to the huge front entrance of the palace, and Sunny realized with a start that a dragon was standing just on the edge of the sunlight, standing, staring at out at her from the shadow. Her heart plunged as she thought, burn. And then the dragon moved and she glimpsed black diamond shapes on the scales. With an even stronger burst of fear, she thought, blister? How could blister be here? And then the dragon stepped into light and she realized he was a male. And not one of the three Samwing sisters after all. He still looked horribly like Blister, though. He had the same narrow face, lidded dark eyes, and the same black patterns on his yellow black on his pale yellow scales. His poisonous tail barb slithered along the stones behind him, and his sharp claws made a tabbing sound as he advanced toward them.
He wore a cluster of keys and pouches and bells on chains around his neck that clinked and jingled slightly as he walked. Some of them were, were plain iron, while others slashed with jewels or gold plating. Alex bowed his head respectively. Smolder, he said. I've brought a gift for Queen Byrne. I see, Smolder said. Sonny felt a little better. His voice didn't have the oozing, creepy, sinister quality of Blister's voice. He sounded just normal, like one for friends. Who are you? he asked her. And she liked that, too, that he spoke directly to her instead of over her head as though she was nothing but a piece of treasure. My name's Sunny, she answered. Who are you? I'm the brother, Smolder said, and something in his expression said he had many thoughts about that, but wouldn't risk going into detail. Burn, Burns' brother? The only one? Sunny asked, trying to remember what she read about the Samuel Girl family. There used to be three of us, but the other two made the wrong dragon mad, he grimaced. The wrong dragon meaning your sister, Sunny guessed. So you're on Burnside? I'm here, aren't I? He said, and it occurred to her that there wasn't much of an enthusiastic yes. Where is, Cre Where is Queen Burn? Alex cut in abruptly. She's not at home at the moment, Smolder said. He spread one wing and beckoned Sunny toward the main entrance. She's out looking for a certain quintet of young dragon dragons. Sunny stopped, looking up at him with a shiver. If Byrne was searching for her friends instead of fighting battles, she must really want to destroy them. Wait, Attic said. I, I want to see her. I mean, this is my prisoner. She's one of the ones in the prophecy. We know. We'll take it from here, Smolder said firmly. You can wait in the racks until she returns. He nodded at the courtyard. Don't worry, you'll get all your pardons and your reinstatements. He flared his wings across Sunny's back and ushered her forward again. But my re my reward? Attic's voice trailed off as Sunny and Smolder stepped out of the bright sunlight into the cool shadows of a vast hall. Big enough for a hundred dragons. Far overhead, large fans shaped like dragon wings beat the air, and Sunny spotted a few small dragons pulling on ropes to keep them moving. Tapestries woven in blues and golds and white covered the wall, echoing some of the same patterns in the stonework outside, and airy white curtains billowed out, billowed out the long windows. A heavy table ran down the middle of the hall, loaded with food, and Sunny heard her stomach grumble. Take anything you like, Smolder said. No, thank you, Sunny answered politely. It seemed unlikely that the entire table of food was poisoned, but she didn't intend to make killing her any easier than it already would be. She tilted her head to study the tapestry closest to her and realized the old pattern of breast-colored spots on it actually was actually dried splatters of blood. <clears throat> the food is for the soldiers, Smolder said, sounding amused. I promise it's safe to eat. I'm not hungry, Sunny said. Um, when do you think Burn will be back? Smolder shifted his wings in a shrug. In a shrug. I never know. She prefers not to discuss her plans. He lifted his claw and studied them thoughtfully, shaking out sand that was caught between his scales. The real question is what to do with you. 
On the wooden talon, I assume she'd rather find you alive when she gets back, so she can kill you or interrogate you and then kill you herself. On the other talon, if I lock you up and you somehow escape, which I'm sure you'll try to do, I'll be in far worse trouble than if I just kill you right now. But on the third talon, if I successfully keep you captive, she should be she should be quite pleased. It's a risk, though. You're guaranteed not to escape if I kill you. But on the first, first fourth talon, Sunny said hurriedly, "How will burn by my friends if she can't ask me questions or use me as a hostage? Think about how valuable I am alive." Hmm," Smolder said with a little smile. A tiny brown mouse crept out from under the table and made a dash for the nearest wall. Smolder flicked his tail toward it, but stopped it at the last mi- stopped at the last minute to let the mouse vanish into one of the cracks. He looked back at Sunny. All right, you talked me into it. You can live for now, but I should appreciate if you if you keep your escape attempts as feeble and ineffective as possible. He started toward a doorway at the far end of the hall, and Sunny followed, wondering if that was supposed to be funny. Smolder had this way of talking that kind of made everything he said sound like a joke. But then Sunny's life and death didn't seem particularly hilarious, at least if you asked her. There were five doors leading off the main hall, plus a staircase that led up to the balcony with two more doorways. Sunny considered trying to memorize the layout of the palace. But as soon as they stepped through the in, into the darkness winding passage beyond, she knew it was hopeless. The corridors of the old palace crisscrossed and twisted almost as often and confusingly as the streets of the scorpion den, and they were sometimes barely wide enough for two dragons to squeeze past each other. Short flights of steps keeping keep kept talking, taking them up to new levels and then down again, and every other turn brought them to a new spot that looked that looked exactly like something they just passed. Sunny almost wondered if Smolder was messing with her head, except that he seemed to be calculating something under his breath, and barely paid attention to her as they walked. The stone floors were, wo- were worn smooth with the passage of many dragons, and the walls and ceilings were flat and unusually as bare as well, so Sunny felt as if she wore walking through long, narrow boxes. It was eerie and claustrophobic, with no space to fly except for the occasional glimpse of sunlight from the upper levels. And three times they passed open sunlit court- courtyards where dragons were lying with their wings spread wide, soaking in the heat. I haven't seen any treasure, Sunny realized. No gold, talon prints, no pearl-studded pools, not, e- not even anything like the beautiful flowers that decorated the Rainwing Village, unless you can count the tapestries. I wonder if that's because the salmon treasure is really all gone, or perhaps sparkly things aren't burned style. She spotted a few carved statues of salmons here and there, most of them with their wings tilted back as if they were about to take flight. After their experience in the Kingdom of Sea, Sunny had to admit that all statues made her a bit nervous. Any of them could be animus touched and enchanted to do something sinister. I think I should put you in the Weirdling Collection, Smolder said after a while, as if they had been discussing her placement the entire walk. It's as safe as the dungeon, but more comfortable and also more physically, physiologically destabilizing. What? Sunny said. The idea that you might actually belong somewhere like that, Smolder said. It's driven a few dragons insane. Oh, Sunny said. Sounds charming. 
Smolder, Smolder rumbled, chuckle, and turned. Smolder rumbled, chuckled, and turned a corner, finally leading her out of the labyrinth into one of the inner courtyards. This one was surrounded on three sides by colonnades and balconies, with a pit of sand in the middle. Sunny slid her claws through the sand as she followed him, thinking, "What if this is the last time I ever feel sand on my talons?" The far wall of the courtyard was curved, and when Sunny looked up, she realized that it was actually a windowless tower of red sandstone soaring up toward the sky. It had grooves stretching the whole length of it, like claw marks and bands of carvings all over hideous dragon faces. There were no holes in the tower apart from one door at the bottom, and Sunny was seized with a fierce, desperate longing to stay as far away from it as possible. But of course, this is where Smolder was taking her, and of course, she had no choice. He unlocked the door with a plain silver key from the chain around his neck, picked up a bucket of water that had been waiting outside, and led her into the dark interior. At first, she thought her eyes were dazzled by the sun, but as they adjusted, she realized that the flashes of light around her came from small mirrors embedded in the wall, which caught the reflection of bronze oil lamps dangling at various heights on long wires from the ceiling above. <clears throat> a winding ramp led from the floor round and round up to the ta- top of the tower, and here was Burns' notorious disturbing collection on display. Space at, uh, at intervals along the ramp were the expedi- expeditions. Sunny caught glimpses of claws and misshapen tails and melted scales and thought with a shudder, one of them now. Right at the bottom of the ramp was a wingless white dragon, its mouth twisted open in a roar of fury. Sunny jumped back, nearly knocking Smolder over before she realized the dragon was dead. And then that was actually worse, because it had cl- it clearly had been alive once, before Burns split it open, let the life pour out, and then stuffed it so she could display it. Is that going to be me? Instead of the saving the world, am I going to end stuffed? end up stuffed and mounted on a pedestal? The fear that flooded through her made her, her want to lie down, cover her head with her wings, and scream for days. Trust in the prophecy, she told herself fiercely. I can't die here. There's dragons on prayer counting on me. But Marcia's voice was still, whis- was still there, whispering, The prophecy isn't real. And as hard as she tried, Sunny couldn't quite find the faith that had once chased, that once chased out every, every fear. The white dragon wasn't entirely wingless, she realized. <clears throat> it had little stubs on its backs that had never grown into wings. <clears throat> there was something eerily sleek and snake-like about it. The most t- truly horrifying part was the look on its face. It's creepy. Isn't it creepy? Smolder sat in her ear, and she jumped again. Someone brought him to burn ten years ago, claiming he was a forbidden offspring of a sand wing and an ice wing. Which is the right thing to say to her, even if it wasn't true. And who knows if it was, because she has, let's just say, some pretty strong opinions about tri-purity and not contaminating sounding blood with crossbreeding. Oh, Sunny said faintly. She thought of Starflight, who felt a million miles away right now. On her list of reasons why they probably wouldn't work out. She hadn't thought to include contaminating sanguine blood. Smolder, a voice bellowed suddenly from the overhead. I heard you down there. The 
Don't bring me more water right now. I swear I'm going to catch that scavenger of yours and eat her. Sunny's heart plunged to the floor. She stared at Smolder in shock. She knew that voice. Queen Scarlet of the Skywings was alive, and she was Burns' prisoner, too.